Well, it's good to be back this morning and visiting. Now that we have so many friends here after these several years of vi visiting, Laconia, Franklin, and Wolfboro. So it's been it's really good to be back. We bring big love from Brooklyn and from the rest of the Vineyard family in our region, in the east and northeast region here. So, uh, yeah. This morning I want to, it seems like the theme has already kind of seeped out, uh, but I want to talk about storm management, okay? You know, the storms of life hit, hit, hit us all. There's no avoiding them. Um, adversity, suffering inevitably comes to everyone one way or another. That's part of life. See? And there'll always be at least one situation that comes along that we can't fix, we can't control or explain or change or that makes any sense. See? And eventually, some person, crisis, failure, or humiliation will enter our lives that'll take you to the very edge of your ability to cope. And, you know, while suffering and adversity really don't solve any problems, they are mysteriously necessary for spiritual growth. They, the best way I could figure it is that they create space in us for learning and for loving. Okay. Now, sea storms in the Bible, they, they, they seem to pop up here and there, okay? But sea storms in the Bible are more than just bad weather. They represent a type of instructive adversity. Uh, they teach us something. Think about Jonah. God, you know, he's running away from God. God sends a storm to teach him a lesson, eventually, about his grace. Now, Jesus used uh, storms to teach the 12 some important lessons. And um, I'm going to uh, read about one in the book of Mark, okay? It's found in uh, chapter 6, so I'll start reading. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across to, to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land. He saw that they were in serious trouble. 
rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they, they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Uh, that's what had just happened just previously to this, this night. That, the day before, Jesus performed the miracle of the feeding of the, of the 5,000. Okay, so that's what this is referring to. So they were amazed, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. In another um, uh, translation, they were full of unbelief. So here we have Jesus appearing to his disciples who are struggling in the middle of a squall. This is not some just rainstorm that popped up. This is a storm that has even veteran fishermen who knew about fishing on, on the lake had them ter terrified. They were afraid. They were struggling. So this was a squall, a storm, a big one. And um, so he appears to them, and they don't make him out. See, he was in a place and in a form that they weren't used to. They, they, they were so surprised to see Jesus there that they didn't recognize him. You know, Jesus uh, isn't immediately recognizable in the middle of storms. We... We only expect to run into him on Sunday in church or Wednesday night prayer meetings, not in the middle of storms. And so Jesus scares them more than the storm does. What's more is that he's there with them and the storm still rages on. That is, until he speaks. See? Remember uh, Mary Magdalene in the garden Easter morning? Didn't expect to see Jesus there. She thinks that he's, he's the gardener until he speaks. You see, so many times when we're in the middle of, 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 a, of a crisis, we don't recognize Jesus is there until we hear his voice. So, all right, I'm here. Don't be afraid. 
You see, storm troubles accomplish more, you know, they accomplish necessary things that good times don't. Okay. They strip us down to the bare essentials to get our attention and to reveal basic reality of our lives so that God can then move us on to further larger purposes in this journey with him. And so Jesus has the 12 in boot camp right now. And he's pulling a pop quiz. He's training them to live a whole new way. He's training them to live according to a whole new reality. The reality that he is in charge now. See, that's the whole kingdom message. When Jesus came announcing the kingdom, what did everybody get upset about? What did, the, what did Herod get upset about? What did Pilate get upset about? What did the Pharisees get upset about? They were upset that somebody else was coming in and taking charge. That's what the announcement was all about. God is taking charge. That's the new reality. Get used to it. It's basically repent and believe. It means like change the way you're thinking about reality. Reality has changed. God is in charge. Now line up your life that way. So this is what this lesson's all about. And so he uses this storm that they can't control to embrace a new way of living, a life of God's control, a life of faith, a life of trust. See? You see, before Jesus can actually help us, we have to throw self-reliance overboard see? and pay attention and learn how to trust him. So Jesus declares, it's all right, I'm here. I'm in control. Now, it's really important uh, to take to, to notice something here. In verse 50, right, they were there with him in the storm, but the storm didn't stop see, until verse 51. Until they hear him speak. He first gives the invitation to them, that they, but they still have to respond before the storm quits. You see, there's a lot going on in this brief instant between these two verses. Decisions, choices have to be made. 
They can struggle with the storm. They, keep, they can continue to try to muscle through this thing. All on their own. Or accept Jesus' invitation to trust him. Okay. Yes, there's a storm going on, but I'm here. Listen to me. Look at me. Don't pay attention to the storm. Disregard the chaos and look at me. And when they did, the storm stopped. But like most of us, they don't trust fully. They don't trust completely. They keep peeking at the storm, still raging around them. They look back and forth, okay? back to him in faith, back to the storm in fear. Now, if you read this story in Matthew, right, the same story, we find Peter walks on the water towards Jesus as long as he keeps his eye on Jesus. As long as he keeps his eyes on Jesus and keeps moving towards him. Okay. But it says that when he looked around at the highways, he was terrified and began to sink. That's you and I right now. See? As I'm speaking, right now, our world is getting crazier and crazier. And our own lives remain messy. And Jesus offers us complete assurance that he's with us in this storm. That we're actually, in spite of all this, we're in good hands. It's kind of like a parent defeating their child's nightmare with the words, it's all right, honey, I'm, I'm here, don't be afraid. See? His, his, his don't be afraid is, is a huge invitation to trust him. Except that this nightmare around us doesn't go away. The world continues to be crazy. A mess. Life still remains uncertain. We still get ambushed by unexpected misfortune and heartbreak. The nightmares and the storms continue to stir up fear in us. But the invitation of Jesus defies and meets our fears head on. And so Jesus' maneuver here in the lake works. The storm stops. He's, you know, the storm has met its match and is defeated. 
And the disciples are flabbergasted. They're amazed, Mark wrote. They're amazed because we tend to give storms more credit than they deserve and underestimate the power of Jesus. Okay. And so, in verse 51, the 12 seem to get the point. The storm is powerful, but it can't prevail in the face of Jesus. There's no reason to panic. Now, the story should, should end right here. You know, tranquility, amazement, everything is cool. But it doesn't. We have the strange verse 52. They still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the multiplied loaves. It's kind of weird. Jesus had just miraculously fed over 5,000 people with a whole bunch still left over. What was the lesson? The lesson of the loaves was that God's grace is plentiful, even as the loaves were plentiful. They had leftovers. You know? And so our creator is here in abundance if we pay attention and have faith. That's the lesson. Okay? But the disciples didn't understand that. They didn't, they didn't understand that the bread of life, Jesus, thrown in the face of, storm, of the storms of life, wins every time. They didn't get it because they kept one eye on the storm and lost sight of something greater. Jesus. But mostly, they didn't get it because, according to Mark, they didn't believe. They were still, there was still too much resistance left in them. Too much self-sufficiency and control. See? Too little ability to yield to this new way of living tr by trusting Jesus rather than everything that we see around us. Rather than a life of faith and prayer. Not muscling their way through storms on their own. They were still committed to their old ways of thinking, of living, of managing the storms of life. They didn't get it. 
they were still insisting on holding on to their old fears, their old weaknesses, their old inadequacies. They were still holding on to old control that the mystery of Jesus' declaration, it's all right, I'm here. Don't be afraid, hadn't defeated yet in their lives. So for all their momentary amazement, they are at the end of this story as much frightened by the storm as they were at the beginning. Now, I think this story describes most of us as we are with our double-mindedness and mixed faith. You know, still frightened even after having met Jesus. Still anxious and, and stubbornly controlling. Still wrestling with unbelief. Go like this, because you know I'm telling the truth. Remember the father's cry to Jesus. I believe but help my own belief. That's us. See? See, this isn't a happy miracle story. It's a picture of our humanness and our weakness of faith. But it's also a picture of Jesus. God come in the flesh, who speaks the words of storm ending, as a, a storm ending creator. See? The storm cannot stand against him. He's more than a match for our fears, our anxieties, and our doubts. But the fact is that it's impossible to have faith when we stubbornly hold on to our old self-reliant, anxiety-filled storm management. You can't have it both ways. You either hand it to Jesus or you hand, handle it yourself. Your choice. <clears throat> So we have to continue to fight what, what Paul called the good fight of faith. Why did he even use that term, the fight of faith? Because faith isn't easy. Not when you're in the middle of a storm. Not when you, your life is a mess. It's a fight. It's a decision, a choice that we have to make. See? We still have to fight against this, you know, we, believing and still yet having to overcome our unbelief. See? 
fighting the good fight of faith, keeping at it no matter what. See, plugging away because Jesus keeps at it. He doesn't give up on us. See? The good news is that his, it's all right. I'm here. Don't be afraid continues to be spoken in our storms. And when, it is, and when it's all said and done, he's able to carry us home beyond our fear and deliver us to the other side. So, the lesson here, I think, for you and I is that we have to quit obsessing over the storm and look for Jesus in the middle of it. Where are you? I'm in trouble. See? Because he's there. Pay attention. Listen. And have faith. today, this morning, right now, are you in the middle of a storm, straining against the winds of suffering, trouble, doubt? Are you facing a family crisis, a storm, some health hurricane, some financial earthquake, some conflict? Are you getting wiped out by some life-controlling problem that has held you captive for years, an addiction? Are you are you lost in this fog of depression that you can't shake? Jesus is there today. And if that's anybody here today, I'm gonna ask, I think God wants to make a breakthrough. I'd ask anybody that feels like they're in a storm right now to stand to your feet. Let me just say this, and I say this as a fellow mixed faith, fighting the good fight of faith every day. See, it's very possible that Jesus might be trying to get your attention. That's what you're saying, why, why, why? Maybe Jesus, maybe it's because Jesus wants to get your attention. He's allowing it for some reason. Maybe he's making room in you for learning, for trusting, and for loving. So he can move you onto a further, larger journey with him. See? Don't let fear drown out his voice that is calling to you. It's all right. I'm here. Don't be afraid.
loosen your grip on the oars and stop trying to save yourself. Pay attention to Jesus and focus as best you can on him. And receive as a gift a storm calming grace and peace for your situation right here and right now. I want you to, as best you can to imagine the impossible. Imagine yourself handing control of your crisis, your trouble, your suffering over to Jesus right now. I'm going to pray. But if this even reflects something about what's going on in your heart, the Holy Spirit is going to come to you and begin to speak peace in the midst of the storm. Lord Jesus, break through their storm right now. Help them to recognize that you are there with them. Speak in a way that they can understand it in their hearts right now. Speak, Holy Spirit, words of peace. Give them faith to take their eyes off of their storm and focus it on you. Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, take control and fill them now with your presence. I speak freedom. I speak the peace of Christ over your life. I break the power of anxiety and depression in Jesus' name. I speak the control of the kingdom over your life. Accept this gift now.
Okay, it's, it's, it doesn't take a profit to, to see that the Holy Spirit is ministering to many of you. This has touched uh, something in many of your lives. And if you'd like, we're going to close the service, but if you would like additional prayer, there are people here that will um, pray with you. you. could just come on up if you'd like more prayer. Or if you just want to sit and let the Holy Spirit bring peace on you. Let him, you know, either way, it's up to you. But remember this. It's all right. Jesus is here. He can take care of you. I'd like to have the uh, prayer team up. begin to make your way up front and someone will be here to pray for you. Remember, it's not the person standing here that's going to meet your need. Come to Jesus. Come on, make your way up. Come to Jesus. If you're standing up, you should be making your way up. Come to Jesus. That's what you're saying. If you make your way up, you say, I'm coming to you, Jesus. I'm making the choice, letting go of the oars, Stepping out on the water. 